Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Happy game day, folks. Happy game day day peeps today is thursday september 15th 2022 70 days till thanksgiving you know what that means what 10 weeks oh nice that sounds like a lot shorter which is good 10 weeks i called my uh i called my folks the other night and i was like uh, what's the plan for thanksgiving they're like we don't know and i was like is this rookie hour what are we doing here you're playing you're playing with amateurs yeah you gotta you gotta get them up to they're, you got to get them up to the big leagues. I think they're actually coming is... up up here to spend the weekend next weekend. So we'll have to like sit down and have like in-person discussion about how this can't be tolerated. And like sweet potato hash it out. Yep. It's the only option. Uh, let's see. Happy birthday. You can wish you can wish somebody a 37th birthday, a 44th birthday or a 768th birthday. 768. Happy birthday to noted pool game inventor Marco Polo. Oh, nice. Today is the 768th birthday of Marco Polo. I wonder what he's up to today. I wonder how he's... Oh, uh, breaking news here on Texas Football Today. I can report that Marco Polo is dead. Oh. He died... He died eight, 698 years ago. R.I.P. Marco Polo. It's a tough scene. <laughs> tough scene. <laughs> the world still mourns. Today, there will be an uh, echoing through the streets, it's calling his name, Marco Polo. It's episode 1,457. I hope this is someone's first show. <laughs> on, today's show on today's show, we are going to uh, get you ready for game week. We're going to get you ready for the week of football ahead. It's our Thursday mega show. Uh, first things first. We'll be rolling out the top 10 games of the week. My, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Top 10 Texas High School Ball Games of the Week. A lot of games. You don't need to pay attention to all of them. We'll tell you which 10 really need to catch your attention coming up here. Then we'll be joined by the head coach 
of the state-ranked Coleman Blue Cats. We're going to Coleman County. Talk Coach John Elder will be joining us. John Elder and his Blue Cats are heading to Lano this week to take on uh, the mighty un- uh, fellow unbeaten Lano Yellow Jackets. Big Hang game. On. Big game here. So we I will, have a rooting interest. We'll talk. Oh, we'll go to Coleman County and talk with the head coach of the Coleman Blue Cats, Coach uh, John Elder. Then back after the show, the picks, my high school football predictions for week four of the Texas high school football season, including every UIL matchup of unbeatens. I predict 29 them. of them? 29 of them. Nice. And then we'll round it all out with Craven Betts, a visit with our financial advisor, college football insider Mike Craven, on the best investments you can make this weekend with your college football betting dollars. So we'll get to that coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Nick Morton, Just Chad, and Robert Legault. Legault. Welcome in, fellas. Mm, only 364 days till Rob Hadaway's birthday. We should start counting down. We should. That's, it was his birthday yesterday, right? Yes. Good yeah. job. It was one of our nerds' birthdays. <laughs> it was that nerds. I was like, I was like, you know, could have been any of them, <laughs> but shot in the dark. Anyway, all right, pickle. There are only a mere, just a, a paltry, mm-hmm. six hundred and fifty-five Texas high school football Boo. games. This it's the lowest number yet. Yes. What's happening? Line up the phone lines, 888-787-DCTF. Give us a call. That's not our number. I don't know what number that is. Call that number. (laughs) I don't know. Do not call that number. It'll be like bail bonds or something. (laughs) Anyway, part of it, a big reason why is that there's a lot of bye weeks. This is the first of two really big bye weeks. This one in week six. This and week, week four and week six are the open dates. And it's actually, if you want the, like, if you want the really boring explanation, um, if you take a look at the at the way that the that districts tend to be laid out, mm-hmm. the most common um, uh, district sizes are eight and six. Yes. So all, a lot of the eight team districts are off this week. Yes, because the week then they'll begin start district play next week, yep. and a lot of the six team districts are off in week, week uh, in week six. So that's why. That's if you're if, if you're wondering, it's actually not that complicated. It, <laughs> but anyway, for once, there's something that's not that complicated to understand. But anyway, with 655 Texas high school football games scattered hither and scattered yon, uh, it feels like it's uh, we could do people a, a favor and let them know which are the 10 biggest games across the state of Texas. And so without further ado, let's roll it out. The top 10 Texas high school football games of the week. We'll start with the big one in the middle. There it is. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Gobbler Stadium in Cuero. The unbeaten... Number four ranked Quero Gobblers will take on the unbeaten number four ranked Corpus Christi Callen Wildcats, both in 4A. It's a very, like, four is wild here. Yes. Um, we, we cover this in the picks video coming up here in a moment, but this is a fascinating matchup that is almost entirely based upon who dictates the pace of this game. Um, if Cal Allen can get this game into the mud... They can win. They can absolutely win this game. If Quero can get this into a track meet, they can absolutely win this game as well. Um, I'm interested to see how the Quero defense, which has been very good so far, handles like this big physical rushing attack for for Cal Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Steve Campbell, or two two new coaches, Steve Campbell versus Jared Fikach. There, very interesting matchup there of, of coaches alone. Uh, Cal Allen and Quero uh, there in the middle. Let's bounce up to the top left hand part of your screen. 7:30 p.m. Friday night in Brock. Brock, Texas, as the winless Brock Eagles take on the number one Gunner Tigers. Here's what's interesting about this. I don't know if you know this. 
according to the DCTF computer, this is number one versus number one. Yeah. This is number one in 3A Division 2 versus number one in 3A Division 1. Despite being 0-3, mm-hmm. the computer believes Brock's, still believes that Brock's the best team in 3A Division 1. Yeah, this whole time that we've looked at the Brock schedule, I think I've been very vocal about that, one, I think Brock is the best 0-3 team in the state, but two... I think that this game will prove that to be correct or not because Gunner is an unbelievably good team, but mm-hmm. just sheer classification size alone, there is a big gap. And this is one that, regardless of how good Gunner is, Brock should go out there and beat them if they want to convince us that yeah. they have the best chance to make it through Region Three. Yeah, I think that I think this is like finally Brock plays somebody their own size that they're actually bigger than, mm-hmm. but they happen to be playing like one of the very best teams. But we also than. just don't know a whole... I mean, we think Gunner's going to be great. We have no reason not to think Gunner's going to be great. But they have played two different private schools that are just, to be honest, not mean, but just, just nowhere close to their weight just not, yeah, That's exactly right. Like, that's not... that To me, that's not necessarily being being rude. That's just being honest, which yeah. is that they were a lot better than the two private school teams that they played. Like, mm-hmm. that's... I don't think that's, that's a knock. I think that's just reality. And so that's kind of a, a real question in this one is what happens when Brock plays a team that is, uh, that is in their weight class, right? By the way, if you are interested, the computer, the best 0-3 teams in the state, Brock, South Oak Cliff, San Antonio Cornerstone in the private school ranks, East Bernard, Ennis, Jim Ned, Yules Trinity, Marlin, and then then Cedar Hill. Those are the best 0-3 teams in the state. So, if you were interested. I know you were. East East Bernard is still the one that shocks me that they're Mm 0-3, but they've been playing a tough schedule. They've been playing a tough schedule, and I also have questions about their defense, but that's neither here nor there. 7 o'clock Friday night in Albany. How about a top two matchup in 2A? As the number one team in 2A Division Two, the Albany Lions welcome in the number two team in 2A Division One, the Holly Bearcats in a slobber knocker. Mm -hmm. Uh, A real just rock fight, to borrow a phrase from Craig Way. Two teams hurling boulders at one another. Uh, I think that we'll talk about this again in the picks video. But what Holly has done this this year so far, I think is is probably should be a much more high profile. They've only given up 19 points this season. 12 of them last week to Eastland. Uh, they have mowed past people, but Holly also their opponents they're they're three and zero. Their opponents are combined zero and nine. So what do we really know? Taking on an Albany team that's that's three and up to start the year, they have been terrific. Their offense has been humming. Uh, running game has been terrific. The big question is, can Albany run on a team that's bigger than them? Right. That's like my whole question. Yeah, it all comes down to Holly in the trenches for if, me. If if Albany can run the ball on Holly, they've got a great chance to win. I like Caleb Chapman, their quarterback, but it really they're a team that that needs to run the ball to mm-hmm. to be effective. So very intrigued by that game in Albany. 7 o'clock Friday night in Denton. A top 20 matchup in 6A. In a, in a thin big school week, mm-hmm. this is the probably the showcase matchup. This or one other that we'll get to in a moment. Which got even more interesting after Prosper took it's, it to Rockwell yeah. this week. Yeah, actually, that's probably the, it's Prosper taking on Denton Geyer. And, and, and that's probably the reason we're talking about this game. Mm-hmm. That the way that Prosper's defense shut down Rockwall was deeply impressive. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Now... They level up. 
Right. And now they face an even better offense there with Denton Geyer. Yeah. In their own district. In district opener. This is a fascinating matchup. The real showcase matchup here is going to be the Prosper defense against the Geyer offense. That's the real showcase matchup here. So that'll be a Prosper's lot of fun. Prosper's offense is really going to have to get going, though, because they only had, what, 19 points last week? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, you're not going to win a shootout against Geyer. No. You're not going to. You will Regardless not, of how well you If they score 19 is. points this week, they will lose. Yes. And that's with a really good defense. Yes. 730 pin Friday night in Anna. How about this? Who would have thought we'd be talking about Anna, Texas? Yeah. The number six ranked Anna Coyotes welcome in the number three ranked Salina Bobcats in what Matt Stepp on Tep and Step said might be the biggest game to ever roll through Anna, Texas. Yeah, honestly. Because they've, I mean, guys, go look at the history of Anna football. It has not been particularly sparkling. Uh, Salina, on the other hand, has plenty of. Uh, plenty of firepower and plenty of plenty of pedigree. Uh, fascinating matchup here is Anna for real. Like this is their this is the real test. They win this game and there's no doubt. Right. They win this game and there's no doubt. Salina, a, a certified contender there in four A Division One, uh, has looked the part. I think their offense has been particularly impressive. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to have all eyes on this one uh, Friday night. Their offense has been rolling uh, to start the year, uh, including. Uh, but again, a lot of like go back to this. Who have they beaten, right? They beat Paris at Paris to open the year. That's great, but Paris is now 0-3. Right. Okay? And it's two private schools. Bishop Lynch, who is not what they used to be. Bishop Lynch used to be a power in the DFW Metroplex, not anymore. And then Houston Legacy. Like, they haven't they haven't played. Like, you could say, who have they played, Paul? Right. We don't know. Some 30 p.m. Friday night in Centerville. The Centerville Tigers welcome in the Mart Panthers in a game that I think is flying under the radar a little bit. This Mart team is 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 humming right now. Uh, they have been terrific to start the year, three and zero. But again, they've been punching up weight classes, but they're playing relatively poor teams. Uh, their t- their opponents are combined one and eight this year to start the year. Uh, this is their biggest test to date by a factor of about ten. Uh, taking on the Centerville team, who does have a loss, but it's to unbeaten and state rank. I want to say number two Crawford, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Th- Three. Top five. I know they're top five. Uh, but this is a Crawford team that's that, you know, obviously you don't take a whole lot from uh, from that. The biggest question for me is where is this Centerville defense? Because they give up 21 to Crawford. Okay, stay ranked team. But then last week against Tig, they give up 29. Not loving that. Not loving that. Can this defense get back on track against an explosive Mart squad? And can Mart match up up front against a hot, against a real grinding offense uh, from from Centerville with? Um, uh, oh God, what's that? Crawford case? is three. Yeah, Crawford's Timson three. Timson and Holly uh, going Crawford. up against Paxton Hancock in the Centerville team. Fascinated by this matchup there in, in the Central Texas area. Seven thirty p.m. Friday night in Lufkin, the number one team in the state in five A Division One. The Longview Lobos get on the road and go to Lufkin to take on a, a again the Lufkin Panthers in a game that, much like the Prosper game, suddenly got interesting. Got very interesting last week mm-hmm. when Lufkin really dominated A and M Consolidated. Mm-hmm. That was a, a, a resounding, impressive victory there for A and M. We uh, looked at our computers and went. Oh that's got to be that's got to be flipped. Yeah, is what we thought, uh, but very impressive. Longview's the favorite on paper. Longview looks every bit the part of the, of a state championship contender. Uh, the offense is uh, is rolling right now. Uh, they have been they've been doing anything that they want. You know, you're talking about quarterback Jordan Allen. Things really stepped up. Of course, they have Jalen Hale, Taylor, Taylor Tatum running the ball, defense flying around. But there's a Lufkin team with T.J. Hammond and Kedron Young. Keep an eye on them. Furthermore, big rivalry game. And, and, 
Longview in Lufkin is always an issue. Oh, yeah. That's a tough road trip. It's a district opener, too. A lot on the line in that one. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Newton. West Orange Stark coming off of their first loss of the year to Port Natchez Groves goes on the road to take on the Newton Wild or the Newton Eagles. Why do I say Wildcats? Newton Eagles. I don't know. <clears throat> the Newton Eagles. Speed in this game. This is this is pure, unadulterated, uncut, just like Southeast Texas dudes going at it. Uh, for me, I like again the real showcase matchup in this one is going to be the Newton offense uh, going up against the West Orange Shark defense. The Newton offense has been mostly good. Like mostly good. I thought that last week there went. This is an, another game that l- l- another game that last week, because Newton when Newton beat Jasper, that really caught my eye because I was a little worried about them when they dropped that second game to, to Woodville. Going up against West Orange Stark, no real questions. About, I mean, no real questions about the defense, but can that offense continue to to grow? That's the real question for Hiawatha Hickman and the uh, the Mustangs. So that is seven thirty p.m. Friday night Newton. What about seven thirty p.m. Friday night in Waco, as the Connolly Cadets. Fresh off a thrilling last-minute win over Cameron Yo, welcome in the number two team in 4A Division One, the defending 4A Division Two state champion, China Spring Cougars. No notes for China Spring. They have been uh, exceptional uh, all year long. Uh, the new quarterback, Cash McCollum, has really stepped in. The offense does not look like it has skipped a beat. Um, the defense, I think, you know, there's not a lot to glean from last week's win over, over Mejia. They were just much better than Mejia and bigger than Mejia. Uh, the defense, I, I, I have some questions about. Here's an opportunity to prove it because this Waco Connolly offense can fly. Kobe Black and company have been terrific. Uh, what exactly does that look like there for, for Connolly, who is a little wounded to come into this game? Can they kind of hold up against the defending state champ, China Spring, and Connolly makes the top 10? As does our final game. Big week in the six-man ranks. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in May. It's a top four showdown in 1A Division One as the number three May Tigers welcome the number four Garden City Bearcats. Garden City, uh, we've talked a lot about May, but but Garden City is a team that that may have been flowing may huh have been flying under your radar just a little bit. They had that week one win over over Valley in the uh, in the Jayton Jaybird Classic. Uh, since then, they've kind of played teams that they're a lot better than. They get a one-two punch right now. These next two weeks, we'll find out everything we need to know about where Garden City stacks up because they play at May and at Westbrook. Yeah. So we will find out. So by the way, don't don't yell at me when Garden City is on the graphic again next week. Right. Because they're playing Westbrook. Yeah, and that that's a district game too. Yeah, and by the way, it's, it's kind of gearing them up. Or no, it's not a district game, uh, but it's gearing them up. Uh, for to, when they get into district, because remember, when they get into district, they got to play Borden County and they got to play Rankin, and they got to ah, play both go. those teams on the road. One of those three teams, Borden County, Rankin, and Garden City, one of those teams is going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, which was four, five, and six in yeah. the rankings. Mm-hmm. So, a lot to learn from that one. How do they match up against May, uh, a certified state championship contender who I think has certainly played a tougher schedule with wins over Jayton, Knox City, and then a, a, a one-point state-ranked Austin St. Stephen's squad in the private school ranks. So there you have it, your top 10 games of the week for week four. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, let's talk about Honda. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda Dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals uh, that give back to their community in so many different ways. 
Uh, thanks to the support of the North Texas Honda dealers, we have an opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Congratulations to Talia Darthard of, uh, of, of uh, Denton Geyer High School uh, there on being the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Calvin and Talia Darthard, I should say. And now, word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with... Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes, athletes.com, athletes.athletes.com slash Dave Campbell or scan that QR code. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of the state-ranked and unbeaten Coleman Blue Cats out there in Coleman County. We are joined by head coach John Elder. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful Coleman, Texas? They're going good and, uh, you know, just... Trying to stay healthy and get along. Uh, stay healthy and get along. You guys have been able to do so far. Uh, th- off to a three and zero start uh, to start this year. Um, and, and and I'm interested. You know, this has been a. a you guys have obviously come out of the gates hot. Uh, considering your non-district schedule, especially that that season opener against Mason, um, I'm interested if if you expected if the expectation was that right now going into week four you guys would be sitting at three and zero. Well, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect, you know, with, mm. with, uh, with Mason and, and we dodged a bullet there for sure on the road, first game of the year. Um, I felt we were going to be able to compete with these bigger schools. We were um, we out a couple of kids that didn't get to come out, but we're, we're kind of short on numbers and depth on, the, on that varsity team anyway. And so playing the bigger schools, I thought maybe maybe that would be a factor. But we've been able to stay healthy, healthy through those games and finish, you know, with most of our starters and every one. So, you know, we're carrying 22. We're traveling 22 this year, and that that's just – it is what it is right now. But, um, you know, getting out of Mason alive that first week was huge. Um, and, um, you know, being able to put up some good numbers on offense and, and our defense being stingy the last couple of weeks is uh, – Kind of, kind of put us in this position. Life in two A football, traveling twenty two. That's, uh, that's that's that's, that's <laughs> the, way, right. the way of the world in, in that part. Uh, you know, I I want to ask you kind of a, a, about a, the the bigger picture. You know, uh, 
before last year, the kind of three years preceding that, it was kind of bobbing along around 500. But in the last couple of years, uh, you you know, you guys have really caught fire. Uh, you guys have now, you know, uh, between last year's 11 and two, you know, 12 and one mark, and then now off to this three and zero start, you guys have really put together a couple of of really outstanding seasons. What do you think has been the biggest difference between what you're seeing right now and maybe you know the the past where it was a little bit uh, tougher sledding? Right, you know, and I mean, two A football, like we talked about, you know, with the numbers, but you know, it goes. It's a roller coaster in a small town. You know, I've been head coach here, blessed to be head coach here for nine years. You know, the first three years we we won thirty plus games, and you know, went to the second round, third round twice, and then we had a couple of down years. Uh, then that that last one of that, you know, we were in, and COVID hit. We had to forfeit the last district game and and, and let somebody else take our spot. But uh, we started climbing back then two years ago, and then. We didn't, you know, we, we knew we were going to be pretty good last year. We didn't expect, you know, to go 10-0, and 0, but, uh, you know, the, the way the guys come along and gel together and uh, to have most of those guys back this year, more mature, uh, junior, senior heavy, is uh, very important uh, at this point in time. So um, the expectations, I mean, for everybody, the kids, the coaches and everything, is, you know, we we lost a, a heart, heartbreaker last year in the third round to Holly who went on the state championship and, and um, you know, kind of got a chip on our shoulder. Now we still got more to prove. We're still hungry for it. The kids are are energetic, and and um, you know, we think we're we're here to stay for a while. Uh, talking with John Elder, the head coach of the Coleman Blue Cats here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, I do want to ask you about your defense. Uh, defense has been really strong to start the year. You know, uh, uh, especially starting with those first couple of games, you know, the seven-six win over over Mason, and then uh, shutting out rival Ballinger, which I know is a big deal in those parts, that part of the world. Um, what has been really for you? And it kind of goes back to last year as well, where your defense was so strong. What has worked for you guys defensively that has you guys playing so well? Well, Coach Thompson, I mean, yeah, him and Coach Edwards on that side of the ball, uh, you know, they get together with secondary linebackers and. In D line, but but having experience on that side of the ball and coming back and not having to reteach, you know, so much at the beginning of the year where you can kind of, you know, move some things around and kids, it, you know, you don't blow the kids' mind as much. So, being able to know what situation they're in, their assignment, and being able to execute that, not blowing coverages, um, as, as some young football team, you know, players do, they go out there and get lost in 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 some different formations and motion, might get you lost and leave, leave a kid wide open. We we haven't done that. Um, maybe a couple of times, but um, for the most part, they know their assignment. They're physical. Our D line is very physical and athletic. They can run sideline to sideline, and and um, you know, just it's just I think just maturity level and having having most of the kids that uh, that have played in in those big games before on that side of the ball. Uh, it's it's hard not to notice uh, what your junior quarterback uh, Jaden Jackson is doing. Um, I know last year. Uh, he made a really nice step. Big reason why you guys were able to go run off that that unbeaten regular season, um, you know. There, but but it seems like in the early going here, he's taken an even bigger step, uh, you know, it, towards towards being that that guy on your offense. Uh, the numbers are impressive, but as the guy who sees him every day in practice and in the locker room, what is it about your quarterback, Jaden Jackson, that really sets him apart? Well, yeah, I mean, he, Jaden. You know, last year he got a little reckless in some times as a sophomore quarterback, and but he's still, you know, athletic enough to do some dy- dynamic things that, you know, some busted plays, was able to make something big out of it. But he got a little reckless as a young man. I think now that he's matured a little bit, he's not as not as reckless as trying to get the ball out of his hand, not taking the big hit, um, you know, not, 
throwing it away when when it's when it's time to throw away and know when and we can't take a sack or anything but but his maturity level you know has gone up a little bit and uh, he takes a little more responsibility on as a you know being a little older too so uh the kids the kids rally around him i mean he's a fun kid to be around he's a fun kid to coach um he's a good teammate and so um you know he's he, he's still got a lot left and uh, we're looking forward to watching him play the rest of this one uh, enough of the skill guys though let's talk about the real stars of the show let's talk about the offensive line which i think has been a real a real key to you guys it's a hot start and, and it obviously was great last year i know you guys brought back a couple guys you're really excited about and guys like garrett smith uh, and, and david navarro uh has the offensive line lived up to what you were hoping it would be so far? Yeah, you know, we lost some, lost two two big linemen off there, Gus Allen and, and uh, Jared Payne last year. But, you know, we got some new kids step up. Oscar Camacho coming at center. Um, Ross Moe's coming in at, at, at the left guard. George Silas is a returner on that. And, then you know, he's hard to handle. Uh, they, they gel together. And, again, you know, it, it's important. I mean, it is, you're almost famous if you're a lineman in Coleman, in Coleman. <laughs> Coleman, Texas. I mean, you know, if, if your your fingers don't look like Cheetos, you're not cool. So, I mean, these guys they go to battle. They're warriors. Uh, you know, the leadership, David Navarro and Garrett Smith, as the seniors on that thing, and uh, have, have just tremendously um, helped develop these younger kids. And so, and, you know, the, the guys that go on scout team. I mean, they get to go against a couple of staters every day. It makes us, uh, you know, better up and down the program. Uh, talking with John Elder of Coleman here on Texas Football Today. Coach, you are the longest tenured coach in Coleman history, uh, believe it or not. this has been, The program's been around for 112 years, uh, but at, at, in, in your ninth year, this is the long, you're the longest tenured coach in, in Coleman history. Um, I'm interested, why, why Coleman? What is it about this, this program and this town and this community that has you sticking around? Yeah, well, I grew up 20 miles east of here in Banks, mm-hmm. and... Um, so it's kind of home. Home. Um, we moved back. You know, I, that's the longest I've ever been anywhere. I mean, we did. We stayed in Harker Heights a few years. Uh, then I was down in Lavernia, and we came back when we started a family. My wife's from Hamlin, and I was from Banks. So it was a good. It was a good place to get back home. And then we just fell in love with the community. After three years, I became the head coach. Um, you know, nothing changed. I mean, our kids go. We have three kids. They go to school here. They love it. And so we made some lifelong friends, didn't feel like we, we needed to leave, didn't have the urge to leave. So, um, you know, we're Blue Cats now, and, and and we're glad to be. Yeah, well, I know that the folks around Coleman are, are glad you are as well. Uh, finally, Coach, uh, you know, you got a big game coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock there uh, at, uh, at at Lano Stadium in Lano, Texas, as you will draw a state-ranked unbeat, a fellow state-ranked unbeaten in the Lano Yellow Jackets. Um, I'm I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan here on the air, but uh, when you take a look at when you take a look at what you're up against uh, tomorrow night against against Lano, what do you see? Well, I mean, the eye test first. I mean, they got a lot of size. Um, we can tell that they're athletic in, on the backside of that. In the secondary, um, they play a good assignment football. You know, the we we noticed that you know they don't have any offense or defensive linemen going both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the offensive skill, the quarterback. I mean, makes great decisions. He can run the ball as well. Throws a good ball. Their line is sound. Um, you know, it's going to be a physical game. I mean, you know, I know Coach Green. We went to college together. So, he, you know, him being a bigger school, there's no way he would let his team overlook anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that they got their head down and eyes forward towards us and and um, us the same at them. I'm looking for a physical football game. 
on both sides of the ball um, from both teams. Uh, you know, I think the difference could be, you know, you you know you never want it to happen to you, but that that yellow flag's going to hit the ground sometime, <laughs> and you never know when and where what what situation it is, and always seems to be in the worst time. And um, what we've got to clean up mm. is uh, the penalties we've had in the last three weeks. So we've got to limit that on the road, going to you know a bigger school and hostile environment, and it's, it's going to be a great test for us. It's going to make us better. Uh, regardless of the outcome, and I'm just looking forward. We're looking forward to it all the way around. It's going to be a brawl down there in Lano as the Coleman Yellow or the Coleman Blue Cats take on the Lano Yellow Jackets, and the head coach John Elder of the Coleman Blue Cats. Coach, we appreciate your time. Congratulations again on such a great start, and uh, best of luck tomorrow night against Lano. You bet. Y'all have a good day. Absolutely. There he goes, John Elder, head coach of the Coleman Blue Cats, joins us here. Texas football today. I love that line about the the the, the lineman. Cheetos. If lineman. Your fingers don't look like Cheetos. Cheetos. Um, But yeah, no, so he grew up in Bangs, and then Coach Green grew up in Brownwood, so they Mm -hmm. used to play baseball against each other growing Mm -hmm. up, and then they were teammates at Howard Payne. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so not only did they go to college together, Mm -hmm. but they they were on the same baseball team over there at Howard Payne, so they know each other really well. There's a noticeable size difference, I mean, in the schools here. Yes. So, because this is 2A Division I Coleman taking on 3A Division I Lano. Uh, uh, Coleman has an enrollment of 207. Lano has an enrollment, I want to say, around 500. Is that right? Does that sound right? Uh, 505 is what they turn into the UIL. So you're talking about, you know, significantly larger, Mm -hmm. you know, one and a half times the size, essentially. So um, it'll be a test for Coleman. But again, this is one of those games that if they can go in, and this is the final non-district tune-up for Lano before they go in here. But if they can go in there and and contend and compete, it's a final non-district game for them as well, Mm -hmm. then they go into a tough district because they're going to have to play Toller and San Saba in consecutive weeks uh, in week six and week seven. Mm -hmm. They do that. Then it's you know that's this is this game against Lano is really going to test them you know challenge them in that way so um, yeah man, I that's, think man that's I'm sorry it's so funny you talk with like you talk with six A coaches and about their programs and it's like they don't even understand the challenge of like yeah we're traveling twenty two twenty two right traveling twenty two kids to go to a book game well and that's like that's the biggest thing is Coleman is going to have to really come out good in the first quarter like Jaden yeah. Jackson is a really good player so if Lano holds him down then I don't think that there's any worry for the Yellow Jackets but if Jaden Jackson gets going mm-hmm. in that first half. That's where it gets it gets dicey, but Coleman has to has to. We gotta start fast because the, the later the later it goes, the depth is going to be. Yeah, you've got guys playing manage. on the lines on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. You just, that it, that's hard to compete at that point. No, you're exactly right. Should be a fun game down there in Lano, Texas. We appreciate. Ish Coleman. is going. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, we appreciate Coach uh, Coach uh, John Elder of Coleman hopping on with us. We're at Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, you ever notice that Mallory walks very heavy? Oh my gosh. She stomps. Pickle Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's spotlight game. Uh, is a big one as Richardson Berkner, uh, the Rams, uh, take on Richardson High in a big time rivalry matchup. Uh, and uh, and here, uh, rather, 
Give me a second. Hold on. Uh, Richardson Pierce, I should say. Let me get that right. It's Richardson Pierce. Richardson High, the, is the Eagles. They're going to get very mad at me. Richardson Berkner taking on Richardson Pierce. Uh, there for Berkner, we are honoring sustainability champion Sean Ballard. And on the other side, on the Pierce side, Leslie Hernandez. Uh, so, uh, we will be spotlighting our two sustainability champions award winners. Thank you to Takis for your support of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And by the way, if you see our friends out there at Takis out at the Berkner versus Pierce game, Go by and say hello. Are they handing out Takis again this year? Uh, yeah, I think they always do. There you go. So go by and get some of those uh, delicious Takis. Yeah, so that way we don't end up with them in our office because Mallory will eat all of them. Mallory will eat all of them. Every single one of She's them. She's a Takis fiend. <laughs> like, I like Takis. That girl. Yeah. That girl's got a problem. Like, you should not, and it's not a Takis thing. You just never should eat that much of one thing oh, no. in your entire life. No. And she will, she will eat all of them. Pickle. It's week four of the 2022 Texas high school football season. And, uh, you know, games scattered hither, scattered yon. And, and I have found that the most difficult games to predict are the games where both teams are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Right? There's 29 UIL Texas high school football games, matchups of unbeatens this week. Since it's tough, hard things are worth doing. Oh, gosh. Here's my predictions for week four of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. The weather may be cooling off, but the Texas high school football action is only heating up. That's pretty corny. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to the Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us and welcome to week four of the 2022 Texas high school football season. This will be a different week than the previous three. Here's what I mean by that. Basically, there's two big bye weeks of the Texas high school football season, the weeks where a lot of teams have open dates. This is the first one. There are a lot of teams off this week in Texas high school football as they prepare for district play. The next one, by the way, if you're interested, is week six in about two weeks. But what that means is that we have this really interesting group of teams that maybe we otherwise wouldn't give the spotlight to. This is a great week for small school football, for example. If you are a 4A, 3A, or 2A fan, this is an excellent week of games across the Lone Star State. So there's big games in every corner of the state. You may just have to look a little bit more for them. We start today in Albany. 7 o'clock Friday night at Robert Nail Memorial Stadium in Albany. It is a Class 2A state-ranked showdown between the Hawley Bearcats and the Albany Lions. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, can Albany run the ball? That's the real question in this ballgame. Now, make no mistake, Caleb Chapman, the quarterback for Albany, is pretty darn talented. And I think he's really taken a step forward as a passer this year. But when you ask Denny Faith, the longtime coach there at Albany, what he wants his team to do, he wants to run the stinking ball, baby. He wants to grind it out on the ground. That is the identity of this Lions program. And they're really good at it with Coil of Fever and Adam Hill. They've been exceptional. They are about to try to run into the teeth of one of the very best front sevens in the state of Texas. Because Hawley, pound for pound, is really impressive. When you're talking about guys like Hez Parker and Will Scott in that front seven. This is a real strength-on-strength matchup. Albany, excellent at running the ball. Hawley, excellent at stopping the run. So... Plain and simple, can the Lions keep the ball on the ground with any success? 
Key number two, Hawley's Balance. This is a Bearcats attack that I think has a really nice run-pass ratio right now. They're able to run the ball with Austin Compton back from injury and looking every bit the part of one of the best players in 2A. They're able to throw the ball with Rody Hooper, their quarterback who led them to a state championship game last year. I think he's really stepped forward, got a big receiver on the outside in Case and O Shields. This Albany defense has been spectacular to start the year so far. Off to a 3-0 start, thanks in large part to this defense led by Coy Cobble. There's another strength-on-strength match. Matchup. To me, Hawley's at their best when they're able to run the ball and throw the ball. Albany's got to take one of those away. So, can the run-pass split for Hawley stand up in this one? And key number three, punting. Punting is a key in this one. I'm only kind of kidding here. This figures to be a low-scoring game. Points figure to be at a premium. And you're talking about a game where I think field position is really going to matter. So the punting in this game, which both these teams have not done a ton of, is going to be important. Zane Wagoner, the punter for Albany, and Chandler Myers, the punter for Hawley, they're going to have really key roles in this game, flipping the field. One or two special teams plays could really determine the outcome of this game, and field position is going to be so, so critical in a game with two outstanding defenses. So can punting change the course of this game? Who am I picking? I'm going with Hawley. The biggest reason I'm picking the Bearcats is because of their depth. I think, plain and simple, they're the bigger school, 2A Division I versus 2A Division II, so they're going to have a little bit more depth than Albany, and in a low-scoring, hard-hitting game, that could prove to be the decisive factor in the fourth quarter. A lot of this really does come down to whether or not Albany is able to run the ball, but I do think that Caleb Chapman, the quarterback for Albany, could have a big factor in this game. In the end, this is two top 10 teams, two top three teams in the state of Texas that are going to go at it. It figures to be a low-scoring, hard-hitting slugfest, but I do think the Bearcats come away with a win. Let's go to 3A, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Stadium in Brock. The Brock Eagles welcome in the Gunner Tigers, and what in the heck do you make of Brock? Okay? They are 0-3 for the first time in program history. They might be 0-3 in any sport for the first time in school history. They just win at everything. But if you take a look at their schedule, it's really understandable, right? Uh, they played Pleasant Grove. They played Hershey. They played Wimberley. Those are state-ranked 4A teams, right? Bigger schools than them, and they played them pretty competitively every single time. I love this quarterback, Tyler Moody. I think that they're able to run the ball with Brett Tudor. And here's the interesting thing. It's not like it's going to get any easier this week as they take on the number one team in 3A Division II, the Gunner Tigers, who have roared past their first two opponents. I mean, they have really no contest at them. I think their defense has been spectacular, and they've got a number of weapons like Ethan Sloan and Ashton Bennett to run that pistol option offense. This is so fascinating because finally... Brock kind of gets to play a team their own size, and yet they're playing one of the very best teams in the state of their own size. So what do you make of this game? I don't know. I think right now Gunner's defense is the real difference maker in this one. I think they come up with one or two extra stops. I think Gunner comes away with a win. Let's go south, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Gobbler Stadium in Cuero. It's a state-ranked 4A matchup as the Cuero Gobblers welcome in the Corpus Christi, Cal Allen Wildcats. Boy, no notes for Cuero. This has been an impressive start to the season uh, for Coach Jared Fikach's Gobblers. We knew that running back Tyson Williams was going to be a star for them, but I think the development and emergence of quarterback Mason Nataro has really added an extra very dangerous element to this Gobblers team. This team is rolling right now.
what happens when they face a team in Cal Allen that you know exactly what they're about. New coach Steve Campbell has taken over for legendary coach Phil Danaher, but the team is almost unrecognizable, right? They are grinding it out on the ground. The defense has been fantastic. Running back Epi Hinojosa has been really fantastic on the ground, kind of leading this rushing attack for Cal Allen. This is a game determined by pace, right? Quero wants to get up and down. They want to hit home runs. They want to go back and forth. They want to get this game into the 40s. Cal Allen's not built like that. They do not want to play a high-scoring slugfest. They want to get this game in the mud, keep this game in the 20s, something like that. That's where they can win this game. I think this game's fascinating. I think this is the best defense Quero has faced so far. It's going to be a real challenge. I think that Jude Hernandez, uh, the linebacker for Cal Allen, has an opportunity to really make a name for himself in this game. I give Quero the very slight edge. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Abe Martin Stadium in Lufkin. It is a big-time 5A showdown as the Longview Lobos take on the Lufkin Panthers in East Texas Slugfest between two old rivals who do not like each other. And by the way, this is a District 7-5A Division I opener, so a lot on the line in this one. Lufkin really turned some heads last week when they knocked off A&M Consolidated in an emphatic fashion. Uh, the defense was fantastic. Running back Kedron Young led the way for this Panthers attack that suddenly looks very dangerous. What happens when Longview rolls into town? This is a team that has looked very complete to start the year. The number one team in 5A Division I. They've run the ball well with Taylor Tatum. They've, of course, got a great quarterback in Jordan Allen, who stepped up and, of course, helps having Jalen Hale, the five-star wide receiver, on the outside. And this defense is coming off shutting out Tyler Legacy last week. Now, right now, you would look on paper and say Longview's the favorite, but one thing to keep in mind, this game is always close, especially when it's in Lufkin. So, I give the Lobos a slight edge, but I think this is big-time upset alert. So, there are 29 UIL Texas high school football games this weekend that are going to pit undefeated teams against undefeated teams. So we already talked about three of them, right? Hawley and Albany, Longview and Lufkin, and then Quero and Cal Allen, matchups of unbeatens. But why don't we just spotlight the rest of them in a very special edition of the Lightning Round. I'm going North Crowley to keep it rolling with a win over Fort Worth Pascal. Give me San Antonio Davenport to move to 4-0 with a win over Lockhart. And Denton Geyer beats state-ranked Prosper. I like Texarkana Liberty Ilo to stay perfect with a win over Atlanta. Give me Poteet to take down Pearsall. In a fascinating cross-regional matchup, I like Odessa Permian over Killeen Harker Heights. I'm going with Lano to beat Coleman. Hitchcock takes down Houston Wheatley. And Round Rock beats Round Rock Westwood. Give me Rogers over Palmer. Three Rivers takes down Banchetti. And in one of the biggest games to ever roll through Anna, Texas, I think Salina gets a win over the Coyotes. Itasca stays perfect with a win over Bartlett. Cooper stays perfect with a win over Collinsville. And I'm going to go with Somerset to beat Beeville Jones. I'm going McCamey over Force and Wortham takes down Blooming Grove. And surprising Amarillo Caprock keeps rolling with a win over Canyon. Price Carlisle stays perfect with a win over Mildred. Big six-man state-ranked action as May takes down Garden City. And speaking of state-ranked, I'm going China Spring over Waco Connolly. Some more six-man action. I like Lorraine over Ira. I like Cherokee over newly ranked Bluffdale and give me Sanger to beat Mineral Wells. One more battle of unbeatens in the six-man ranks. I like Paducah to beat Miami. And in the 11-man ranks, I'm going Toller over Comanche. And those are the picks. I picked every single UIL undefeated matchup this weekend, plus a couple more games. And so now you can let me know what am I wrong about. Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week four of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you.
Craven Betts here with Mike Craven, your financial advisor here uh, for another college football weekend here in Craven's Corner because on this corner... We bank money. That's right. Last week, about what? About broke even, basically? Yeah, I went 4-4-1 four, four, and one in the preview article. A couple bad beats, Baylor not covering even though they got to overtime. I really think that overhits in Austin of Quinn Ewers stays oh, yeah. in the game. I think that becomes pointsy. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a kind of a tough week, but week one still has us buoyed there. So I think we're eleven five and one overall through Well, you know weeks. what? We're gonna rally. Yeah, we're rallying. We're rallying. It's yep. a big week here in college football, and your first pick catches my attention. What's first? Let's go to the game. I believe you will be at this wow. week. You're taking Texas A&M minus five against Miami. Uh, this would certainly be against the narrative. I'd say that much. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, I've made a living off of betting against the public, right? Like fade the public is the way to go. We overreact in the world. We overreact in the betting world. We definitely overreact in college football. Coming off that 17-14 win or loss to App State, I think the sky is falling in College Station, and everybody assumes that gambling-wise. They're still at home. It's going to be a night game. There's going to be 100-plus thousand people in there. Miami's not all that proven. They've struggled a couple times um, so far this year. So now, I think A&M has everything to play for this year. This is going to be the best we see A&M because all week long, their players are told they, they stink, and their head coach is told his offense is outdated. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine we see about as good of an offensive performance as A&M has. If they don't win this game, the wheels are really falling off. So I think A&M covers pretty easily, and I think this may approach the over also. What's the over-under? Do you know? I think it's like 50. Like, it's pretty low. That's interesting because this is and, – and, and because I think you, you make an interesting point of like – when, when everyone's telling you one thing, there's some value in, in saying the other thing. I'm a little surprised they're a favorite, but at the same time, Miami's, I think Miami's a good team. They're the best team they've played, but at the same time, I don't think there's some world beater. Like, there's much tougher tests ahead for A&M, but, you know, I, I think that maybe we're looking at, this is, this is a line that is more reflective, I think, of what people think of A&M right now as yep. opposed to what my people I mean, if A&M beats App State last week, this is an eight-point game. Yeah. You know, so I'm getting three free points here. Mm-hmm. You know, they just got to win by a touchdown. And Miami's best on offense. Well, A&M's good defensively. Nobody's yeah. going to sit here and argue that A&M's not good defensively. They can score 28, 31 points. I think they win this game by over five. And I think you see different quarterback play. I think you see a better offensive performance because it has to be better yeah. than it was last week. Can't possibly be worse. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we are going at the Roadrunners. You're going to go plus 11 against Texas. All right. So Texas, uh, this feels like maybe you're doing the same thing, although, of course, we, we have a lot of faith in UTSA. We think that they're a pretty darn good program. That was a gutty win last week uh, at West Point. Uh, but plus 11 on the road at Texas, uh, you know. I think this is, it's the same thing, but the opposite for A&M. Like, the reason that A&M is minus 5 is because of how much people are jumping off the A&M bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason that this is only this is 11 points is because people think Texas is super, super good after only losing by one point to Alabama. I think they're somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're as good as they played last week. I don't, I don't think they're as bad as they were last year. You know, but they may have Charles Wright starting at quarterback. They may run a lot of Wildcat. I don't think they score a lot of points against this UTSA defense. I think UTSA's offense is pretty good. They're going to have a better wide receiver core than Alabama brought to Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Like at least a more explosive, more reliable wide receiver core. I think Texas plays down a little bit when they're playing these type of opponents. You know, you just got up for this big Alabama game. There's 105,000 people in the stands. ESPN the game day's there. You play really well, but you lose. What happens the next week? Mm-hmm. The last 10 years suggest Texas doesn't play up to mm-hmm. their competition every single week. 
I think UTSA is back against the wall. They, they know they don't stand a chance in this game. I think they play really, really well. Well, I think, you know, I think they're going to come out with a game plan that's going to empty the bag because this is, you know, for, for what UTSA wants to do and what Jeff Trailer wants to do, this is, a, this is a scalp. You know what I mean? There's a scalp out there for them, and they're going to give them everything they got. And UTSA's thought about this game for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Right, like Texas probably hadn't thought about this game for eleven hours. Yeah. Right, and that that plays a that plays a factor, and then you add in the quarterback stuff. I think UTSA can keep this within you know single digits. What's next, Pickle? Up next, you are taking New Mexico plus three over the Miners of Utah. I can see I can see the place where you jumped off the bandwagon, and I can see your footprints running into the desert. You're fully off the UTEP bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, I took UTEP plus 14 last week against New Mexico State. They're up 17 to nothing. And it's like, okay, this is an easy cover. Go to U- bed. UTEP's <laughs> back, right? I'll change this over to the Baylor-BYU game that didn't start until midnight or whatever time it started. And then you look back, and, and New Mexico State makes a quarterback change. All of a sudden, UTEP can't score any points, and, and they're right back in the game. If that game lasts five quarters, New Mexico State wins it, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'd almost lean New Mexico State, New Mexico money line this week against UTEP. I... I like you just said, I think I've jumped fully off the bandwagon. I think there's something wrong going on in Utah. Yeah, I, I think the the offense there's officially cause for concern. I underestimated how much the loss of Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett would mm-hmm. impact that offense. They're they're excellent, and they just have not been able to replace it. Gavin Hardison does not look the same without those guys. I think you're right. What's next, pickle? And finally, let's keep it over there in the western part of the world we'll go nc state you're taking them minus 10 versus the red raiders of texas tech going on the road to north carolina to take on a still nationally ranked nc state team um and 10 point favorites this is this feels like a real like the old litmus test for where Texas Tech kind of rebuild is. Right. Kind of like we were talking about with the A&M game, I feel like this is a line that would have been closer to 14, 14 and a half before the season started. NC State hasn't looked as dominant as a lot of people thought they would be. Texas Tech with the big win uh, at home last week in double overtime against Houston. I kind of feel like we're gonna, it's going to even out a little bit this week. It's the first real road game for Texas Tech under Joey McGuire. You know, Donovan Smith threw three interceptions last week. Like we just mentioned, they, they played some extra snaps in double overtime. I think this is a get-right game for NC State, and they play pretty well and, and win this one by, you know, two touchdowns-ish. We were talking before we came on the air, though, that, that you know, for that game for, for Tech against Houston was so important for them for a lot of, for a myriad of reasons. Most notably, that it becomes a lot easier to count six wins for them. Uh, I don't think anybody really expects the line does. You know, people don't expect them to win this game. But if they can stay competitive in this game and keep it, if they can cover basically, then it, then for Texas Tech, the arrow is still pointing very much up. I mean, Joey McGuire's job this year is to make a bowl game and to keep momentum going, not only in the fan base but in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, look, we're on the right path here. Uh, you don't have to win all these games to do that, but if you're competitive and you're close, especially on the road against a nationally ranked team, you can go back in that locker room and be like, see, guys, I told you, even with a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. week three after a double overtime game last week, come in here and we play with anybody. I, I think that's that's what uh, Joey's trying to get done this week or this year, and if he can do it again this week, I think it just keeps building and building and building. I love it. It's Craven Betts with our financial advisor, Mike Craven, here in Craven's Corner, because in this corner, we make money. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Um, WTF coming up next at 2 o'clock. So make sure to come and get wherever you're watching this now. We will be back. Mallory Hartley and I. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Mike Craven and Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give your player of the year trophy.